0: morning everybody welcome back to the daily draft report it's your daily dose of prosperous information for the 2023 nfl draft brought to you by campus to canton tonight's player we're gonna go back on the defensive side of the ball with noah sewell linebacker from oregon he was a junior measured at six foot one and a half inches 246 pounds and my guest is nate markham you may know him from fantasy and frames fantasy pros where he he was the what was it, fifth ranked idp ranker in that Yep. shoot the gap pod and fourth and frames pod so Nate's out there Nate how you doing bud I'm doing good man appreciate the invite oh absolutely man I'm so excited to hear one I haven't talked to before and I definitely like to get some different minds for IDP it's harder to find IDP minds that, that love IDP like I do so it's nice to find someone else to talk to so all right let's get real quick into the draft to the player profile he followed his brother Penny which obviously most of you know Detroit Lions offensive tackle to Oregon so it was Utah's Mr. Football his senior year, leading Orem High School to a state title. And as a freshman in 2020, he was the conference freshman defensive player of the year and honorable mention all conference with 45 tackles, including six and a half for loss, two sacks. In seven games in 2021, he was first team all conference with 114 tackles, including eight and a half for loss, four sacks. He intercepted a pass, broke up five others and forced two fumbles. And just this last season, he was second team all packed 12 with 56 tackles, five and a half for loss, sack and a half, interception, for pass deflections. He started 12 games before opting out of the team's bowl game to prepare for the draft. At the combine, he ran a 4.64 40-yard dash. Honestly, thought he might be a little quicker than that. Uh, the 1.57 10-yard split is nice, though. It shows off the acceleration. Uh, 33-inch vert, 9-7 broad, and 27 bench press reps. I like that. So, mm-hmm. all right, Nate. What do you see on tape? What do you think is going to make Noah Sewell productive in the NFL?
1: You know, the the one thing you won't see on tape is pedigree. And so that's the one area that's always nice is when you have a family history and a commitment to the game, which I believe he has. I mean, all three brothers are in the NFL, one of which is, I think, with Cincinnati now or maybe New Orleans. Yeah, I think New Orleans. Seffy, I think might be his name. Not exactly someone. That's why we mention Panay because there's a good correlation to a quality yep. uh, yeah. you know, offensive lineman. But I, I do think the one thing that I've seen on tape that I like about is that willingness or willing explosiveness, I guess is the way I should put that. He, he wants to make point of contact. Um, he has his target directive, as I call it, where, you know, the kind of the C ball uh, get ball type approach, good in short spaces, as you notice with that 10 yard to, to get to, the ball and he's he's your throwback man he's the if this was the 80s and 90s he's the linebacker you're focusing on because he is that that thumper and the one other area that i've noticed and this was a change when you talked about that in 2021 to 2022 pretty significant drop off from 114 down to 56 tackles coaching change probably had something to do with that but his ability to get to the pass uh, to the passer and his situational blitzing was still a but is in my opinion above average. Those are the areas that I've seen the most that I really gravitate towards them. In a and you can tell me what you think. Kind of a weak linebacker class as a whole from an IDP standpoint, but that's where some of these values my uh, may lie is some of the later third fourth round guys that right landing spot. We say it all the time, right landing spot landing spot. But that's what I've seen so far,
0: right? Yeah, outside of uh, Campbell, who I love for IDP, mm-hmm. uh, this class is going to be, you know, the guys that do different types of roles. Um, yeah. he was a Mike backer typically in Oregon, but this is last year they were moving him to edge. They moved him to slot in coverage. Um, but like you said, he's definitely that old school guy as a run defender. I mean, he'll he will get down there and he will freaking hurt you. Yeah, like <laughs> he's got you know, he he's violent. He hits. He's got heavy hands. When he gets diseng- when he gets engaged, he'll rip off a, a lineman like it's nothing. You know, he's definitely got really good. You know, that that like you said, thumper mentality, I guess. But then he's got his his instincts are pr- pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, he he doesn't get fooled by misdirection. He recognizes plays as they develop. So, I, but he's definitely very willing to get downfield. And I know the the numbers don't suggest pass rushing, but it's there. And he likes to cause those big plays too—the the fumbles, the you know the interceptions. So you definitely like to see that. So,
1: you know, and then one other thing you mentioned—the instincts—is mm-hmm. there. He was, a, you know, he was a quarterback in high school that converted to linebacker. Or kind of did both. Kind of he played linebacker, quarterback, running back when he switched high schools. And so he's played QB Granted, high school. Quarterback might not translate to NFL. Green dot playmaking ability and recognition, but it's never a bad thing to not have a, uh, you know, a total dumb, dumb in the middle of the field. So (laughs) I I do like his play recognition uh, from that aspect is he, he's definitely a product of the game.
0: Yeah. And I think that shows in his pass coverage, you know, the fact that in zone he's, he's really smart, you know, he he's always where he needs to be in zone coverage. And I think that's definitely from being a, a quarterback. I think it helps him understand that better. So let's get into the weaknesses. I mean, there there are a few things not to like about him. So what do you think could hold him back?
1: I think that whereas we say he's good in zone coverage, I think that when he's forced out of zone coverage and instinctual coverage, he shows a little bit of a lack, you know, in not a general awareness, but inability ability in that. Uh, total range because he is a right. little stiff. Uh, if you, the one area from the combine that we didn't touch on probably good for his sake is the three cone drill, which was uh pretty poor. And that to me is that, that multiple layer change of direction from uh point to point. I'm good with it's the recognition range and movement that does limit a little bit. So that's what I don't know what the NFL will see Do they want him as the Mike linebacker as a two down set? Will they move him into like we you know mention a a more of a zone backer for that third down occasionally? It's tough to say how he's going to be utilized, knowing those weaknesses. But man, that all the skill set that we talked about makes you want to keep that type of um, uh, ability on the field. I think those are two of the areas that I've noticed the most. What about you? What what, would you see the same thing?
0: Yeah, lower body, like the the lack of ability to change direction. You know, like you said, if he's backpedaling in zone, he's not just gonna flip and run with a guy. Right. You know, especially not you know a you know anybody in the slot. You know, typically those slot guys are really quick, and they're gonna exploit him and his range. I mean, he doesn't have the same range as like Trenton Simpson. Yeah. So He's not gonna he's not gonna get sideline to sideline, um, because you see, like you said, he's got that point A to point B acceleration. He'll get there quick. But if it's point A and point B, he's all the way across the field. He's not going to get there very yeah. quick, you know. Yeah, that's where his the four six four or whatever did show up a little bit. You know, that's not his game. He's got the quick acceleration, but not the range to cover. And then I would have just liked to seen, you know, I know Oregon. I feel like we've had some some linebackers in Oregon recently that have come out and have been kind of raw from a technical standpoint you know, guys that they, they recruit really well. They've had a bunch of five-star guys go in there that have come out. I mean, I'm drawing a blank on the names, but if you've played IDB, you know, we've had a couple of them just in like the last couple of years that I can, that I know of that came out and were just kind of, eh, you know, so I, I definitely worry a little bit about their development. there, of linebackers. So, yeah, I've actually said the exact
1: same thing about, about Oregon's production is sometimes raw, true athleticism, which plays well for duck style football. I mean, because they're all, you know, everybody's elite level athleticism. Unfortunately, when it transitions and translates into everybody else that they're playing against is elite level, the rawness. They, I think, the NFL wants a faster learning curve than what some of those guys can give in in short spurts.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm trying to. I know that. Like, I know Justin Flo. I really expected to see a lot more of him. At this point, mm-hmm. you know, and he's been kind of not used as well as I thought. I'm drawing a blank on some of the other ones, but of course, when you look up something like this, it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the computer never goes fast when it's like this, so never let fails. me see if I can scroll real fast here. Uh, and I,
1: and it makes feeling better. I'm the same way. I I could have as soon as you would log off, probably rattle off 15 different names. Collect Troy Die.
0: Yeah, Troy, Troy Die is Dye. one there I thought go. was going to be a lot better.
1: Yep, thank you.
0: Um. Kiko Alonso was not as good as he could have been. I thought, like Mm -hmm. he had a couple pretty good years, but um, those are just a couple I can think of. And then you know the guys they have right now. So as far as draft capital, um, he's pretty much being projected third round is what the average is. I think that's probably a sweet spot for him. You agree with that or?
1: I do. I do. I think there's a few teams that, based on what I would look for if I was a GM, um, there's a few teams in that area that let him fall to him. Yeah. Like what teams? Uh, You know the one I mentioned that I think that could be is especially because I look at maybe like Tampa, you know, Tampa has potentially if Devin white's going to be traded, they, they have their thin at linebacker already. They do right. have a, a heavy blitz approach, which if I'm looking from a fantasy perspective, that's, you know, not NFL. I want him to be more than a two down backer. And I want him to have those situational blitz opportunities. I would love to say the giants, and get with Wink Martindale's system. But that kind of already is filled by Micah McFadden, and I don't want to take anything away from him. And I'm not comparing Micah McFadden and Noah Sewell as the same type of player, but from the true optimal fantasy standpoint, because I don't think, I mean, this is my take, is I don't think Sewell's a three-down linebacker. And I don't think from a fantasy perspective, a two-down linebacker is uh, rosterable in anything other than maybe a a best ball league, something to that extent. Not unless he starts to show that they they trust him in coverage more. He develops even faster than what could be, but that's what's holding him back just a little bit from my standpoint.
0: Right. I, I keep backing him to the Lions, but that's just because of the story, I think. I like that too, actually. To, yeah. And yeah, it'd be kind of fun. So they, they could use him right, I think. They've been kind of looking for a guy on the first two downs that you know I know last year and Zalone.
1: Kind of, uh-huh. kind of, kind yeah, of, kind of felt
0: that a little bit, but I do not like Alexander. Nobody Zolone does, at all. except Detroit. <laughs> Doesn't make so sense. I think Sewell could do, you know, could help their pass rush, could do a little bit of the two-down stuff. So it, yeah. it is a, a decent landing spot, but uh, it all just depends on draft capital, you know, because I, I keep seeing him in the second round too. And I'm like, nah, maybe okay. a little rich for him. I would feel yeah. more comfortable with him in the third round, just because, like you said, the role. You, right. you, if he yeah. is going to only be a two-down guy, you don't want to take that in the second round. I mean, come on. And you just kind of glance on it. As far as fantasy, I really have a hard time taking him as any of as a top five linebacker in this class, just because of all the questions. You know, things could fall right, and he could be a decent IDP linebacker, but I'm not going to spend a lot of draft capital on it. Another spot I saw was a, I saw
1: Atlanta that they thought that you know what that would allow <laughs> Troy Anderson a little more free reign to kind of run around and do his thing. But I, I kept going when I was looking around. Detroit was one of the teams' narrative. And, and situation. Yeah. I mean, you know, they are thin at linebacker too, as far as quality linebackers, I guess. Sorry, Anselon, but you don't, <laughs> you're not on <laughs> our list, brother. All right. And
0: then player comp. So
1: I have a difficult time with player comps. I always do. I I look at something and I look at someone like player who I'm trying to equate to my scenario, not the greatest in coverage, might lose coverage snaps, um, going back for the past few years uh, down to Hightower kind of fits that mold a little bit. Someone who is yeah. out on coverage. I, then I happen I scrolled across cause we all Google, you know, player comps for this player to see what other people think, not to steal their information, but to see what, if it resonates and someone said Pepper Johnson and I loved it because unfortunately <laughs> it's, it yeah. says a lot about the lot, his ability in today's NFL, Pepper Johnson, I don't think would be, he would be the same type of situation. He wouldn't be the, uh, a true like outside linebacker with coverage you know snaps exceeding in the 300s or anything to that extent but if noah sewell was back in the 80s and 90s i think he would have been a he would have been a starter on your fantasy team because he would have been a starter on many other nfl teams
0: yeah i i love that and there's a name i haven't heard in many 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 years i I definitely wasn't playing idp back then but i remember pepper yeah it's it's yeah, Phil would have never left the field. He would have been a three-down linebacker, you know, ten years ago. So, yeah, it's that's kind of fun. Good, I like it. A different comp, and yeah, I've seen the high tower one a couple times, and that's pretty pretty good too. So, Nate, thank you so much, man. It was good to talk to you, and especially the baseball ahead of time. But they don't people don't need to know about that. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, man. Yeah, so I, uh, I am at Nate Markham
1: over at Fantasy and Frames. I'm the IDP Director of Content during baseball season. I do step back a little bit just because i have a lot of uh involvement with with the baseball side but i'm still involved on the idp side and fantasy football in general with fantasy and frames uh we have a show tonight through uh on the shoot the gap podcast which you mentioned shoot the gap with hollywood and jorge myself and austin nice it's it's been it's been really good it's been one of our better shows that we've had on the fantasy and frames podcast network over the last three years. So I'm really blessed to be part of that. And uh fourth and frames there's fantasy and just in general. Um, I don't know if you have a chance to chat with Jorge at all. Oh, he's amazing. He's, he's so great. cool. He's yeah. just, you know, him and I have been good friends now for the past few years and since I started, And if anybody's going to be at the uh, Fantasy Football Expo, we would love to have you come by, swing, check out the booth. We, of course, have another IDP uh, side panel that we're going to be doing this year, um, where we get five, maybe six this year. Really good minds to come together and uh, and chit-chat a little bit. Now we got the uh, King's Classic IDP competition this year at the Expo, where we'll be representing Fantasy and Frames as well. So yeah a lot of things going on but all uh, nice all good man
0: all good things man yeah i was so happy when gary announced that and i quickly messaged him like hey can i get in he's like now we're already full i said yeah i figured i i'm actually part of the the king's classic college one so it probably would not have worked anyways oh but but i was i was still happy to see that and yeah, Jorge is just like one of those larger than life type of personalities. He's, I mean, he just kind of at the expo, just people just kind of radiate around him and it's, he's so much fun to talk to. So I I get a little lost. (laughs) Like last Sunday, I wanted to go to, or last year on Sunday, I wanted to go to like every panel and I felt like my head was spinning. I couldn't, you know, do everything. It's, it's so much fun. If you're, any bit interested in fantasy football, I mean, you've got to make it out there to the expo. It's so much fun. So
1: you could have been me Dwight. And I uh, (laughs) was part of the expert mock going on that I didn't know was going to be an hour and 45 minutes long. And uh, (laughs) I was hosting the IDP side panel at the same time. So I double booked myself when (laughs) I, and so I had to excuse myself from with everybody else on this expert panel, which so many other better, analyst and myself you know uh, <laughs> self-deprecating of course and i had to get up and basically tell them sorry uh i have more important things to do which is an idp panel i never would have said those words and i'm joking of course but i did I uh, we did i was was, could have seen that oh man it was great <laughs> did you
0: make it to the idp panel were you in there i'm sorry i don't I think so yeah okay. i by, by Sunday, I had gotten there Friday morning and I was pretty, pretty burnt out by Sunday. Understood. I kind of just wandered around. I was in the Campus Canton booth a little bit and I just mm-hmm. kind of wandered all day and just, you know, I've been to, I was at the first one, which we only had like 60 people at. It was yeah. so small. And, you know, so it's just fun to meet people. I've met so many people in the industry over the last couple of years, so. It's just, I highly recommend it. You don't have to have a site. You don't have to have, you know, just come meet people. I mean, it's just, we're all just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun to have, you know, because I mean, in my day-to-day life, I don't ever get to talk about this, you know, yes. with my wife, my kids, my friends, even my friends here. Nobody plays. Nobody's like what I do. So it's fun to meet a bunch of people like me. And yeah, it's very it cool. Is. Very fun. Well, I look forward to uh,
1: seeing you at the IDP panel this year. We have plenty of, nice giveaways and everything. So please uh, make it if you're, if you're able stop by, we'd love to see you
0: August 12th, to 14th in Canton anyways. <laughs> all right. You can find me on Twitter. FF Champ. this podcast, daily draft RPRT. Thank you all very much for listening. A little over a week till the draft. Almost there. Talk to you tomorrow.